welcome to Memoirs of Successful Women. I am so thrilled to have you with us today. I am going to be introducing you to Mita Betty, a customer experience specialist and thought leader. She is the CEO and co-founder of Resonate CX. She's got more than 20 years of international experience in business consulting. She's been part of leading transformational programs that drive revenue and competitive advantage using customer strategy. She's a true global citizen. She's lived and worked in UK, Singapore and Italy, and she's founded and grown two companies and has a major passion for growing and driving impact. So out of life, out of work life, she's also a mum of two young children. We all know what that juggle would, would look like and feel like. She loves creative pursuits and is an active member of her community. So welcome to the show, Mita. Thank you so much, Annie. It's such a pleasure to be here. It is a great joy to have you on my program and I'd love you to tell those listening in today, well, what has been your journey? How did you build Resonate CX and why did you build Resonate CX? Fantastic question. Um, it's quite a funny story. In fact, uh, not very different to what many entrepreneurs say about connecting the dots looking back. Um, actually, I was a uh, first-time mum, six months. Uh, my daughter, Sophia, I had just, before that, I had about 15 years in corporate, mostly in banks and large consulting firms globally, lived in five different countries and was working in the financial services sector. And that's where most of my career was. Um, I had also had a startup experience prior to this. I had worked in uh, starting up my own fashion online e-commerce company in Asia, of all places. And um, I come from a business uh, family where my mother ran a big fashion business. So I knew how to really get there uh, and do that. So I had returned to uh, work because my first startup was my first learning and unlearning about myself. And I'd returned to work. Um, I'd had my first baby. I was coming back from maternity leave nervous, as most first-time mums are, carrying a lot of guilt, working through how am I going to juggle this? It's already at very sleepless nights and all of that. And I was returning to a big four bank here in Australia, um, Combank at the time. And um, I was, uh, you know, apprehensive about everything. And in fact, a recruiter at the time, and recruiters are very creative people, wrote a nice LinkedIn message to me and said, there's a very small startup uh, here in North Sydney, and you have quite an eclectic mix of background, startup, large companies, global companies. Why don't you go and meet them? Um, and I said, look, I'm not really looking for a job. I'm just going to go back to what I know. And yeah. I'm trying to get through the juggle of, getting settling back into work. And he said, no, Mita, just go and chat to the team over there. And um, I walked in North Sydney. I was living walking distance. I said, why not? Being quite the inquisitive person I am, I'd never let go of an interesting opportunity. So actually, um, I walked up to into a very small office, some seven or eight people playing ping pong, there was a foosball table, something was going on. And I uh, met a couple of the team uh, at the time and I said mm, this is interesting and I walked back home and I was a little bit like confused I was like oh my god what just happened it's interesting it's all of that I had the entrepreneur in me coming from that background always wanting to do something different and I walked home and told my husband Jacob 
I met a really interesting company. Everything's a bit all over the place. Everything's broken. You know, it's very small. It's not the big Combank that, you know, I've, or the IBM that I've previously worked at. Um, and, but I'm not going to take the job. Uh, Sophia's too young. It's too much of a chaos. It's a perfect storm um, starting, starting in a startup and also uh, trying to work out how I'm going to figure out being a working mum. And Jacob, my husband, um, he looked at me and he said, I haven't seen your eyes sparkle in a long time. So actually, I think you should give it a crack. And I said, well, it's a 30% pay cut from the bank and it's probably 10 times more workload. So he said, yeah, but I haven't seen your eyes sparkle. So how about you just give this a go? You've got 14, 15 years in the banks previous to this. Worst case scenario, you head back there in a few yeah. months and we'll try to figure out Sophia together. Like we'll, we'll do what, you know, working parents do. So it was that little push from him at the time. Um, he didn't he didn't do the reverse of what many, many stories are going, no, now is not, you know, there wasn't any fear. He actually said, no, I think you should take it. Maybe mm. he was really sick of my whinging and being bored at my job. <laughs> so, uh, and he, it's a big call because, you know, our finances were going to be affected as well. Yeah. And I joined and the rest is history, you know. I joined, uh, I took on just about every role in the company from, you know, selling, onboarding, creating new processes, creating new teams, being two-in-a-box CTO at the time. We were growing the technology team. And somewhere down the line, B2 happened and <laughs> baby number two. And after that, you know, the team was really waiting for me to come back. So four months in, I sent him to childcare and they said, now... We have to go all in, um, come together as a team, go all in. We want you to take the leadership role of CEO. And I'm like, whoa, 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 calm down. <laughs> you know, now I've got two to juggle under under like three. And you're telling me that, you know, we're going to pivot, uh, go all in, and I have to take the lead. And they said, yep, that's how it's going to be. You know, we're really been waiting for you. We've missed this. And, you know, that's where we pivoted the company. We went all in. Um, we became the founding team. Uh, we pivoted into a large SaaS platform. We drew a vision. We made lots of mistakes. Uh, and, you know, Resonate CX was born in its current avatar. Mm. What an incredible story. And your, your husband definitely has the happy wife, happy life um, principle that my husband has. <laughs> of just backing you and believing in you and I love the way you've called it a sparkle it's just like absolutely you know that's right and they're big decisions they're massive decisions that we make in our life particularly when finances are are in play but when you just have something that you can just grow into and be stimulated and challenged rather than being another resource that you're sitting there for the whole day thinking about you know your kids in daycare uh, I can definitely relate to that experience and well done you for taking on a CEO role while the kids were that young I've been a CEO for a long time and uh, it certainly would have been a massive juggle back there with kids that age so you are certainly uh, one, of my, one of my mentors actually made a really you know it hasn't been a easy journey being a young mum and growing a company and a large team and you know taking on major competitors in the market one of my I said you know I wish I wish this would have come at a different time. I was having a very whingy moment with her. She's a very successful business leader who also grew a large business with three kids. Um, and she said something to me. She said, Mita, um, 
don't wait for the rain to stop learn to dance in the rain so I was like mm-hmm. you can't find the perfect moment to you know when these opportunities come you've just got to seize them when they do you, you you're not going to be always single and you know young and without kids when, when one of these things happen in your life so you know Exactly. And those perfect moments for those listening in really rarely happen. You know, you've got to seize those moments. You've just got to go, okay, this is pretty, pretty great. I'm just going to take it and see where it goes. And that's it. You know, even not that we want to think with the negative, the plan B in check, but most of us do have a plan B if it doesn't. But by taking on an opportunity that just is golden, you know, why not just lean into it? And I tell you what, it's such a hilarious learning curve. (laughs) I'll say hilarious because I've been through those journeys yourself of, of, you know, what you learn along the way. And um, and and most of our growth actually happens, as you said. You know that we, you know, we fail. We learn to fail fast and fail forward, don't we? Uh, so, what have you noticed about consumers and businesses that has changed in your time in business? Yep. Um, you know, I've always been very passionate about business and the consumer, and that's why I love the space of customer experience. And I actually bumped into this space because I had traditionally studied business at a business school and they teach you all these traditional things like marketing and finance and strategy. And I, I bumped into customer and experience, experience and I said, how come they left this whole thing out of business school where leaders really need to understand what this is? This was sort of the conductor of the orchestra if I would put it that way, you know, bringing together ops and finance and marketing ultimately to deliver why we're in business to customers so that you get value from from them and from the market. So I thought this was such an interesting play. It was the most strategic part of bringing just about everything together. And as a leader, what I've seen businesses uh, change in the market, more and more leaders starting to understand that working businesses in silos, in traditional silos, is no longer going to work. You've got to have to bring what is very traditional silos of operations, you know, online, offline, marketing, and bring them together because the customer's expectation is far more than what it was 10 years ago. And it's accelerating at a pace where businesses are finding it hard to keep up. Uh, Mm -hmm. No longer is it good enough to have a branch and then call yourself a bank. Customers are expecting Uber-like deliveries from a traditional banking business or, you know, my kids are expecting everything to be instant or easy and their expectation of ease and instantness is so different from mine. Um, And so business leaders are grappling with this new changing expectation of the customer and then, change. you know, what we call disruption or these fancy words, it's just this change of expectation of the Mm -hmm. consumer that businesses are grappling with and those that actually, which is a huge opportunity, means the sort of um, the cards have been dealt again on the Mm -hmm. board and it's like, well, you either want to seize this opportunity because the customers, if you can deliver for them, they're actually ready to change loyalties. They're ready to look at new and better solutions. There's never been a consumer that has been so open to change and so yes. that's an opportunity for business, you know. Before it was like, I shop at this shop, that's where I'm going to shop and I'm happy to do it. Whereas, you know, young people these days, they're like, tell me what's different. I'm actually ready to listen to something new. I'll download an app if you tell me. Whereas mm. traditionally, we're not that open to change. So the consumer is very 
open to change, which means it's a massive opportunity for business because, you know, if they do the right thing and if we, we do the right thing, the market is open and has uh -huh. never been, it's like plasticine in a way, it's malleable. It's never <laughs> been open to change in a way. Yeah, I love the way you've described that because that's that's exactly what I've seen even playing out in my own household. You know, if I look at my parents, they would have gone, you know, we belong to the Commonwealth Bank, we belong to yeah. NRA, and um, this is our insurance company and, and so forth. And it was pretty much we're loyal to them, they're good to us, why would we ever change? And it's almost like I don't even think about it. The bill just goes over and over. Whereas yeah. for my husband and I, it's now we're we're pretty we're pretty traditional, but we will yeah. look for better deals. And now I watch my millennial, you know, children of which I've got five, and they're pretty much every bill. Is this still the best phone plan for me? What's better? Yeah. What needs yeah. I need? So I totally agree. You know, and that, and that's where we used to aspire to go. Well, how do we compete with the big four, for example? Whereas mm -hmm. now we're actually finding that a a lot of companies like yours, because you're savvy, because you're adapt adapting to the market's future needs, if you like, mm. you're yep. able to meet them in a way that the, the big companies sometimes have got just too much, you know, um, infrastructure and it's, it's a, it takes a while to turn around those ships. <laughs> so mm. what is the purpose? Tell us a little bit about Resonate CX. What is the purpose of this business? Yeah, fantastic. So, I guess it's really, you, you sort of hit the nail on the head. How do you help large companies actually become more nimble, more customer centric and less inward looking and more outward looking as you grow and whether you be a big bank or a big um, accounting firm or, or, you know, a big uh, retailer, you sometimes become you do things the way you've always done them. So Resonate is a company that allows large traditional businesses to become more current customer focus how do you how do you get customer empathy right up the, to the ivory towers you know how do you get people who are running multi-billion dollar businesses to get empathy to the customer because that customer that i just talked about um, is changing their mind and their preferences at light speed is changing their expectation at light speed and so resonate is really um a software platform and partner that allows large traditional businesses to become more customer centric in order to survive and thrive in the new economy. And that's what it's really about. These businesses have worked for centuries sometimes to build value brand and, and large employee bases and deliver so much wealth to, um, I guess, the market and the economy. So it's in our interest also to not just talk about the disruptors, but also continue to hold value in some of what we built out, whether it be a Combank or whether it be an NRMA, by making them slightly more customer focused means that we're actually not losing the great value they created in our economy. So Resonate is a platform that really allows these large companies to become more customer focused and drive delight in new ways, really. That's what it's about, driving better customer experiences. Oh, absolutely fantastic. And you'd think it would be a no-brainer that we're in business to um, solve a problem for our 
customers, right? That's why they actually come to us. Where that's the whole point of business to yeah. to solve their problem in an easy, affordable way. And so it's an amazing situation that you have. That's right, incredibly um, long-standing businesses, but the needs of our customers are changing, as you said, incredibly rapidly. And also, what they value is changing yeah. rapidly. And so, uh, and that's part of you know workplace culture. It's whether you're you know have got positions on on the environment, uh, on you know issues that are happening in the world, who you're aligned with. There's so many factors uh, that affect a modern consumer. And I totally love what you're doing there. So what have been the biggest challenges that you have had to overcome in your career so far? Um, I think always your own personal growth. I always start there. Um, the bottleneck of a business really sits at the top of it. Um, that's why every bottleneck sits at the top. So it's really about having, I guess, the personal growth mindset to be able to grow because your team depends on your own personal growth. Can you be a better leader? Can you be a better champion? Because there are so many people that are committed to the cause and are, are in your tribe and are counting on you to be a better version of yourself every six months. And so that's a huge responsibility um, for any leader, including myself. Um, so those are challenges that you do. You have, you know, uh, personal biases, you have personal uh, frameworks that you work in and you go, no, actually, I've got to challenge myself. I've got to think outside the box. And the faster I can grow is how fast the business grows. Ultimately, that's the bottom line. And that's, in a way, quite a responsibility. Um, so that's the case. Um, obviously, you know, um, you, you do get through a lot of imposter syndrome. Sometimes you sit on them being a woman, I'm actually a woman of colour that is sort of five foot something, you know, so you've got that triple, you have to, you know, in my case, make your own path in a way because there's not many that have walked that path before. I'm, I'm a first gen, second gen migrant. My parents came here um, to Australia sort of 40 years ago um, and there's not many stories out there like that, but I always believe that every sort of, disadvantage that you have can be flipped over to be your advantage as well mm -hmm. so you, know, you have many unique perspectives to even understand your customer to understand your employees to see value where no one else saw it so all of that mishmash those dots that are there in in that beautiful tapestry is really a massive advantage and to be able to flip that and go actually i have insight that maybe someone else doesn't have because i've walked a very different path to someone else yeah Exactly. And and as a multicultural society here in Australia, you know, that's exactly it. Your your um, family background and their journey actually represents, you know, a huge part of the market, you know, of yep. people from different Absolutely. countries who have, have taken that journey. I love the way you referenced also being a, a female and a woman of colour too, and definitely in tech. So you've got, you know, I was emceeing an event this week for, for in, industries in tech, and I think they said like 30% of the room were female. You know, that's not only 30%, not 50%. So you certainly are a pioneer still in this space of 
female in leadership, women of color in leadership, women in tech leadership. Uh, so I really salute you in breaking those um, barriers uh, that are visible and invisible um, in many, many areas. So how do you then uh, continue to um, to learn by your mistakes? What, you know, you've, there'll be issues that you'll call mistakes, we'll call them learning opportunities. Uh, and um, we say they sort of feel like after the fact at the time, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, how have you taken some some key learnings of things that you just didn't know or you learned from and actually went, now I'm, I'm stronger because of? Yeah, that's a, that's a very big question. Um, I think you do it every day. You build the mindset. It's, it, you know, every time I used to feel bad uh, when I used to fail, now I sort of get excited because I'm like, and, and it's been a journey to get to that point. I, I know a lot of leaders say, you know, fail forward. It's, it's, it's a journey. Um, you're yes. not designed when you're young to fail that easily and feel proud about it. You know, our whole education system is not designed around that. You might come from a cultural background that doesn't celebrate failure in any way so um it's really when you when you fail and then you end up getting up and doing better you sort of create this pattern in your mind where you go actually i'm excited about this failure because now i have a competitive advantage over someone that hasn't been hasn't yes. done that failure so now every failure um is sort of celebrated in my own head and you know it's a very short moment of feeling sad and then a very long moment of feeling happy and excited about actually now I have insight that no one else has that hasn't failed and now I can go faster and learn from this and bounce off it. So you build a great muscle of bouncing off your failure and gaining ground very fast, um, whether it be going into a new market, whether it be hiring the right person, whether it be making a business deal, all of that is really around building that bouncing muscle to go, <laughs> actually this failure is a bouncing board to the next yep. leap. Um, so, and you've got to just keep playing the game and you know that it's going to actually play out well. So there's been many iterations of that. Um, and now the reflex has changed in the mind to go, actually, this is just a moment and this is going to give me that bounce that I needed. So. Oh, you have perfectly articulated the fail fast and fail forward uh, principle. So thank you for sharing that with our listeners. Now you're now, now taking on big American unicorns. You know, what is that involving? And is that exciting and scary all at the same time? Um, how are you feeling about that? Um, it's absolutely exciting and scary at the same time. I always give an analogy. I played a lot of sport and I come from a family that played a lot of sport. My father used to represent his nation. In uh, so, I find that analogy good. You know, when when you watch a Roger Federer on centre court playing, and you want to be that tennis champion that um, wants to play on centre court, you've got one of two options. One that you know you go, I wish Roger Federer wasn't there, and I could get to centre court, and that's just not an option. So, you 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 watch that, you admire it, you say. Yes, that's inspirational that people have built companies in this market. There is a customer need and customers are looking for this type of category and it solves some real big business problem. And then as you play that, you don't copy Roger Federer. You, what you do is you play your own game really well. What you learn from them is discipline and things like that, but you don't try to copy everything that Roger does. So uh, you really are, you've got your sights on center court you play your own strengths and you practice and you bring discipline into what you're doing 
and then and then you let match day come and sometimes when match day comes and you know you do meet Roger in round one and two you, you play your game and you get better at it and sometimes you beat him whether it be a unicorn or taking on a, com- a competitor and the matches you don't when you go that was a privilege to take them on because now I've learned when I do meet him again what I need to do better and it's an iterative discipline process of wanting to be at center court with your team and playing that game really well, your best game. So I, I see this um, as, as any, anyone who, who wants to be the greatest and the best, you, you really, it's both looking outward and inward and just being very disciplined about what you do. Beautiful. Exactly it. And, and, and you want that for people. I think it's very tempting. A lot of people want to copy, copy what's working, right? And then just go, okay, if I can copy it and undercut it, then obviously I would be successful. But you'll have limited success. Because mm. if we look on that level of the true artists, for example, you want them because they're unique, they're original, they've got their own sass, their own style, and it's got to come from within and it's got to meet a specific need of the market. And just copying someone else and being a cover item, if you like, uh, definitely <laughs> won't won't take you very far so I think it's that mindset that you've got that is to you know learn learn the best tips and tricks from the best of the best and then make it your own and then you know and then develop things that other people would want to mimic off you you're always going to be a leader now you've explained very clearly how you turn sort of disadvantages into advantages I call them turning wounds into superpowers I love all that language Uh, you've also I hear you've you've termed the word businesses like snakes and ladders what does that mean to you um you know I work with a lot of young people in my team um and there's been a lot of rhetoric around tech startups and this you know wild dried up um and it's it's really um it's not a linear type of um game board in any way so I always think that you know if you've ever played snakes and ladders as a kid you roll the dice and you keep yourself on the board. And on the same board, you might hit a snake, but on the same board, when bad luck hits you, good luck can also hit you. So the people that keep playing the game and get up every day and roll the dice and come on in, sometimes, you know, I hear young people in my team or my friend circle go, oh, I've just hit so much bad luck. And I say, it's the board of snakes and ladders where you found the snake, you will find the ladder right next to it. So you must stay on that board, you know, just as you had this massive disadvantage at you and you had to maybe go back in your career or you might have to go back a position in your life. You're going to hit a moment where unfairly someone promotes you doubly, you know, and that same fairness and unfairness live on that same board, but you've got to be playing. Otherwise you're not going to hit the fairness and unfairness in this, in that same proportion. So um, I've had moments in my life where I felt hard done by, and I've had moments, I've recognized moments in my life where really good luck has come my way. And I've had to pinch myself going, oh my goodness, you know, I've just elevated three things or, you know, we won this big, you know, that, that board has that ladder and that snake. And I said, yeah, this is a ladder moment. I recognize that now. So when a snake hits and, you know, I have to go backwards a little bit, I go, just keep playing. There's a ladder around the corner, an un, unfair advantage that's going to come because mm. we have been playing and we've been disciplined. So that's mm. really why I call, you know, that analogy really works. It keeps you going in those moments where you feel like that's so unfair. You know, you've, you've had to go back in some way or you've lost something in some way. Yeah. 
Oh, exactly. I, lo I love that visual. It's just so clear to me because often when you have, sometimes you have those steps backwards or you fall down, you know, a little snake and, and it, sometimes it can, you have to wear it yourself. You know, you weren't the best on the day or you slacked yeah. off or you, you know, you weren't as dedicated to someone else and it, and it yeah. hurts, but it, it, it depends on how long you're going to sit there licking your wounds at the bottom. And, and then, you know, that's right. And that's what leaders do. Successful people do. They actually just get back in the game and just become more focused, more tenacious and that's right and when they have that attitude more they do certainly come across those ladders that give them a speed trip um, mm -hmm. up, to, up to the top and uh, fantastic what have you learned about people I've always said you know the pe people are the business people are yeah. the ones who are, are absolutely all all combined are the brand are the other the soul of every company, whatever it is. What have you learned about different different people in different organisations and the culture that you've created in in your business? Yeah, that's that's a really the biggest learning has been about people. Um, I think, and I'm still learning. But you know, we talked about how the market has changed around consumers. Uh, you know, wanting more and you know being open to new ideas. The market has also changed in the employee space now. Employees are wanting to be connected more to the customer, to be in a company that is purposeful. Uh, the millennials want purpose. They want to be part of a company that delivers great customer experience. They don't just want a salary anymore. So the, the need for customer experience is so great because when you're part of a company that is delivering value to a customer, you feel purposeful. You know, you feel like, actually, I'm changing the planet. And I'm helping customers, you know, do different things. So I think that's a generic, broad macro trend that employees want to be part of a purposeful company that actually delivers for the customers, not just delivers profit, delivers for the planet, delivers for consumers, delivers for everyone and, you know, society in general. So that greater purpose, Maslow's hierarchy, you may call it, everyone's gone up a step in a way. Um, and what have I learned about people? Um I think uh, they're beautiful. Uh, there's so many, um, everyone's got such strengths. And as a leader, um, you've got to really focus in on your team's strengths and put them in the right position to play to that strength. You can't, you can't make people what you want them to be. They are who they are and you can really yeah. nurture them. And you can then, what the control that you have in the situation is putting them in a seat that allows them to fly. You can't suddenly want a person to be outgoing um, or, you you know, someone to be someone who is naturally introverted and you suddenly want them to be extroverted because that's what you wanted. When you, mm. when you do get someone in your team, you've got to say, what gifts have I got with them? They might be great at execution but not great at strategy. They might be great at strategy but not great at execution. You have to go, all right, now this person is really suitable for this role. And I'm going to, I might have hired them for X, but I'm going to actually compliment them with Y. So it's really um, around really honing in on how can I make this person win? And have I tried to actually place them in the right, right way with the right team structure? Mm. Um, and so that, that's what I've really learned. Um, it's come through learning and iteration. I was, I can't say I was born with that skill. <laughs> or I was pretty naive in the early days and very, you know, less open to different ideas. And that that's come because I, ultimately I've really been interested in why 
And also the second thing is really understand a person's context and their backstory. You know, they're not just like an employee that you hired to do a role. They have a lovely backstory. You know, parts of that backstory, when you learn it, you actually can you, you go actually you have that strength, you know, their strengths are built from their backstory. So really understand the context that person is operating in so you can be a better leader for them. You can't just look at them as what you see today. There are some part of where they came from and how their family operates. And, you know, you've got to be interested in that person as a whole, not just that employee sitting in that seat doing something for you. And so mm. it is effort, but it, it pays a lot of dividend in the end, I think. <laughs> Yes, exactly, because they bring all of that to the work every single day. They're there at the at, at the office thinking about their kids in child minding or aged <laughs> parents or sicknesses or financial worries, uh, building houses, all that sort of thing is going around. That's right. I think it's putting the human in human resources, right, instead of focusing on resources. Uh, I absolutely love that, and that's why you're a stellar leader. And so let's finish the conversation then. What are you um, looking forward to in the next few years who you're we're always growing into and evolving into the person the woman that we're we're wanting to be what are you yep. excited about in the next few years um i'm excited about you know what resonate is going to uh, do the team and just the excitement building up in the company the skill our understanding of the customer's need and the market i'm really excited about bringing that vision to life i'm also excited about being able to write our own leadership stories within the company. Leadership doesn't have to be done from someone else's playbook. This is how a leader is. This is how Elon Musk is. This is how best Jeff Bezos is. You know, so many people are pioneering what leadership can be, and we can't be that afraid of innovating what different types of success and different types of speed and ways of leading. Um, and, and also, I guess, what success looks like as well as a leader, you know, is it all about profit and um, outcomes or is it about great people, all of that. So I, I'm just learning as we go and, and, and being very open to letting resonate, write its own story and being part of that story, you know, being uh, a part of that story. And there's so many great leaders emerging from the company. And I'm very excited about that as well. It's going, actually, I'm learning a lot from the different leaders within the company and, I'm very excited about that. Fantastic. Oh, my goodness. I can feel the excitement. I'm just like, woohoo. Uh, so what do you say to those, particularly our young women, thinking, should I go into tech? Should I? Is this a, a future that I will feel that I have a great opportunities in the future workforce? What would you say to them listening in today? Um, yeah, absolutely. Give it a go. Um, have, have people around you that back you or believe in you. Um, or are going to be the types of people that don't even let you run away from a great opportunity or, you know, don't let your fears play out. They go, no, nah, I think you should give it a go. I think you should do this. So I think take the first step and then um, have a sort of there's nothing to lose attitude. We're living in one of the world's best countries. We have such a such an opportunity. And if you think about it, there's just absolutely nothing to lose, even though we do get worked up about the smallest of things we we're just living in a country of absolute opportunity so have that there's nothing to lose attitude um, when you're taking those steps 
Brilliant. And I strongly encourage you to do that, ladies. We're all about empowering our women to just uh, level up their future success. And this is a great way to do that by not being intimidated by areas that have traditionally been barriers to really put yourself out there. If you're wanting to contact Mita, I encourage you to go to resonate.cx, her website, check it out, learn more about it. You'll find contact details there and on my podcast platform on how you can actually get in touch with her. I'm sure she'd be very happy to answer any questions that you have and encourage you along your way. Thank you so much for being on my show today. It's been a fantastic conversation. You're a super inspiring woman. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best in your future success. Thanks, Annie. Thanks so much for having me and uh, listening to my story. 